Hello from Los Angeles, and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is Michael Benner, your host every Sunday afternoon for the Mystery School. It's 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 in the East, 21 hours universal. Mystery School for the next 20 minutes or so is about the ageless wisdom. It's about philosophy, it's about mysticism, it's about comparative philosophy, comparative religion. A look at who we are, why we're here, what we're for, and what it's really all about. No masters, no gurus, no one right way to any of these classes. It's an exploration, and as most of you know, my background is that of a journalist, and we're more interested in asking questions and considering multiple potential answers than in, again, determining any one particular approach. One of the great paradoxes, of course, in philosophy is called the one and the many. And this is the idea that, well, to use Einstein's terms about energy equaling mass, that is energy, the universe is one thing. As mass or material forms, there is not only diversity among all things, but absolute uniqueness. Quite remarkable. This is a universe that refuses even to replicate snowflakes. So, at first look, that might seem like a contradiction, or at the very least a paradox, that there's one thing, but all of the forms that that energy takes are unique. It sort of suggests that there is a reason or some sort of meaning in the middle. An allegory I like is the jigsaw puzzle. We're all part of the same jigsaw puzzle, and yet each of us is a uniquely shaped piece, and we all somehow snap together or fit into this one whole thing, and if any one piece were missing, then the puzzle would be less than all that it is. And so... That can't be the case. The one can't be less than all that is. So every piece is essential. And any time you start feeling insignificant or small, and that's pretty easy to do, you know, you, this may be the wrong time of year for most of us to go out in the backyard and lay in the grass at night. <laughs> Might be a little chilly out there, but... You know, if you do that in the spring, the fall, the summertime, and especially if you're in a big city, you go out on the edge of town or here in L.A., up into the mountains or the high desert, and you see the Milky Way and all of the stars in the sky, the vast majority of those stars, actually all of the stars, and you'll see a little few little fuzzy spots. Those are other galaxies, but they're so far away they look like stars. But virtually everything you see in the sky is just our one galaxy. And then to consider that there may be 150 billion or more galaxies, each with 150 or more billion or more stars, and Lord knows how many planets, 
Well, that is mind-boggling, and that could cause you to feel insignificant or somewhat small and unimportant. And so I would say, well, that's true enough in the scheme of things, but never doubt your significance. Never doubt that you are essential, that you need to be here. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody even has your fingerprints. And so... This is a universe that refuses to replicate itself. and This is pretty much our approach. This is the understanding that we honor and respect as we explore philosophy. Philosophy is nothing but the search for truth, and it has to be open-ended and ongoing. We're really less interested in attaining the answer than continuing to ask the question. And I think most people that come to this class understand that. It doesn't seem to be too hard for us to see, although most of the folks in the world around us are looking for answers, and once they find an answer, they hold on to it for dear life as if it must be the right answer and as if there could only be one right answer to these grand questions. Well, most questions have more than one right answer, and the first one may not be the best one, and the whole point is when you get an answer, you should use it to ask an even better question for truth unfolds. It's not a destination, it's a journey, and it should never end in your life. Our topic for the day today here in the free forum and also in the premium training that follows in a few minutes is what is consciousness? I could just as well have called it, what is awareness? In fact, I could probably even have called it, what is understanding? Although understanding has different meanings, I suppose awareness and consciousness also have multiple meanings. These are words that are used in mysticism, in comparative philosophy, and spirituality, consciousness, and awareness. They're they're big words. I guess awareness is a more accessible word. Um, Consciousness. We've heard all of our lives about higher consciousness. What is it? Or higher awareness, usually it's referred to as expanded awareness, right? You could say expanded consciousness or higher awareness, but we don't. (laughs) We say the other way around, higher consciousness or expanded awareness. But there are two forms of the same thing. If you get precise and technical, there are occasions in philosophy where awareness is a reference to the source of consciousness, that divinity itself, what religious people call God, would more likely be capital A awareness and the consciousness or the awareness of awareness would be small c consciousness for that particular individual. But there are also systems that reverse it and have the ultimate divinity or the Godhead, the creator or the source as capital C consciousness in the individual unit which gets little pieces of that consciousness, 
It's referred to as awareness. So who's to say? I use the terms interchangeably, and I think the closest we can come to defining consciousness and awareness without using the word like to be conscious of your consciousness or to be aware of your awareness, that doesn't really help very much. But how about if we call it understanding and hold that above the idea of knowledge for isn't it possible to have knowledge that you don't really understand? Of course it is. You could look at the Bill of Rights, the cornerstone of our democracy, and find school children who could tell you that these are the Bill of Rights, and they could perhaps even explain them or list them for you, but do they understand? How many adults, for that matter, may have forgotten the Bill of Rights? They'd have to look it up to tell you what they are. And live in this country and yet fail to realize that many of our rights have been given up since 9-11, that we've lost uh, the rights that were granted by our founding fathers. Undue search and seizure, for example, or uh, spying on you. You can be spied upon, your uh, email monitored without a warrant without any kind of due protection of the law. You can be targeted by your government and killed with a drone without any sort of due process, without a hearing, without any kind of adjudication at all. Uh, You can be thrown in jail and held without charges. This was unheard of in this country for 150, 200 years, and yet that's the case. So we have knowledge, but do we have understanding? And I could have chosen many other areas to demonstrate knowledge, but not understanding. You know how to operate a computer, but if you look inside, what are you looking at? You say, well, I can use Microsoft Word. I can write a letter or send an email. I know how to run a computer. Really? That's fine. That's an application. I can do that too. I can do this podcast with a computer. It's pretty amazing. But do I really understand at the machine level what's going on? So understanding is more than knowledge. And understanding, I think, is the best synonym we have for consciousness and awareness. Then the next question would be aware of what or conscious of what? So is human consciousness the awareness, the understanding that transcends knowledge of anything or everything, or is it something particular? Yeah, as you probably could imagine, it is something particular. It's you. Oh, me, the self. Yeah. Oh, So to understand myself would be awareness or consciousness. Yeah. What about understanding other people? Well, oddly, though few people appreciate this, your understanding of other people is always limited by what you know about yourself. 
Now reflect on that for a minute, because that may be the biggest and most important takeaway from this class today, at least the free forum here. We're going to go into this in greater depth in the premium training. I'm going to say it again, that your understanding, your awareness of other people, of why they think the way they think, why they feel the way they feel, why they do the crazy things they do, that understanding, that awareness, that consciousness is limited by your consciousness, your awareness, your understanding of yourself. In other words, that old playground taunt that we remember from childhood about it takes one to know one, neener, 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 that's really quite profound. It's really quite true. It does take one to know one. You know, when you judge another person, what are you doing? What is that judgment based upon? How would you know what they're up to? How evil or depraved or wrong-headed they may be unless you can relate to it having been through it yourself. So this is empathy, and this is the whole point of the admonitions in the Bible and elsewhere, not to judge other people. Judge not lest ye be judged, right? It's how would you know? It was a middle-aged mystic, I think 13th or 14th century, named Jacob Boma, who wrote famously, what the self describes, describes the self. Isn't that nice? You might even want to write that one down. Ponder that a little bit. Reflect upon that. Because the more judging we do of others, the more likely we become to eventually realize, or at least have the opportunity to get real, to get honest, and come to an understanding, there's that word again, that what we're really doing is trying to define ourselves in a risk-free way. So as long as I judge other people, I don't have to look at me, because that's way too scary. So I'll try to understand me indirectly by judging other people, and this can run the gamut from all kinds of... I mean, even bullying is ultimately a judgment of other people. Uh, Judging other people as good or bad or right or wrong or they're selfish or they're evil or they only think of themselves. Well, how would you know? What are you comparing? What are you drawing upon? And, of course, it's a, a fear... The stress and anxiety rooted in our failure to really know ourselves. And all of our stress and all of our anxiety, and yes, all of our fear ultimately is rooted in what we do not understand about ourselves. Wow, is that true? Could that possibly be true? That everything that worries you and stresses you and all of your anxiety and nervousness comes from not knowing yourself? And yet, 
Who's interested? How many people do you know who are really interested in themselves? And more to the point, how did you become interested in yourself? And to what extent are you here today listening to this class because you're aware of having questions about who you are? And why you do the things you do, and why you think, and why you feel the way you do. What motivates you? What makes you burn? Why why do you get out of bed in the morning? What do you care about? Ah, there's a great question. What do you care about? And why do you care? What do you love? Who do you love? And why? And don't you think it's curious? Most people have little or no interest in who they are, but would rather instead judge others. And yet, if there is the one and the many, if each of us is unique, what value is there in judging others if your unconscious agenda is to make some presumption about yourself. You are not them. They are not you. What makes them tick may have little to do with what makes you tick. So you've never heard any great wisdom. No other people figure them out and you'll be safe in the world. The ancient admonition is know thyself. One who knows others is wise, but one who knows himself or herself is enlightened. And that great admonition in Hamlet, to thine own self be true, and then as the day follows the night, thou canst not be false to any man. If you're true to yourself... How could you betray anybody? If you're really true to yourself, how could you lie, cheat, steal? Anytime you hurt another person, you betray yourself. And yet most people who hurt others are not yet in touch with that common link, that commonality, if you will, the fact that we all spring from the same source. We're all part of one thing. Our bodies are made out of stardust. We're... (laughs) Physically, we have the evidence that we're all made out of the same thing. And yet we do have this individuality. It's a a grand paradox, and it merits some exploration. And I'm here to suggest to you today that it may be the most important thing you do in your life. What is consciousness, our theme for today? It's understanding you. That's what consciousness is. The evolution of consciousness can be deliberately accelerated. This is not merely the evolution of the species in the Darwinian sense of natural selection and survival of the fittest and the physical body evolving over millions, hundreds of millions of years. This is the evolution of consciousness, the evolution of awareness. The ability to reflect upon yourself. This is called self-awareness. 
to be conscious on a certain level to have higher consciousness or expanded awareness is coming to a point where you have self-awareness. What does that mean, self-awareness? It means to know that you exist separate and distinct or separately from the rest of the world. The way it's tested often with animals is simply with a mirror. If you put a mirror in front of an animal, most animals, virtually all animals, (laughs) and a few humans, babies, um, few people in Congress that I could think of, will react to the image in the mirror as if it is another animal, another being of some sort. Only if you have self-awareness would you realize, even if you'd never seen a mirror before, pretty quickly realize that that's a reflection of you. And so humans have self-awareness, and some animals, bottlenose dolphins, have awareness of self. They will look in a mirror for a few seconds and then realize they're looking at a reflection of themselves. That's not another animal. Well, self-awareness, that's evidence of a very high state of evolution. And besides humans and dolphins, the only other animals that they've been able to test that show any evidence of self-awareness are certain of the great apes. But all other life forms, the vast majority of animals, and whether plants have awareness is debatable somewhat. I certainly believe plants have conscious awareness, but not on a level that we could compare to animals, much less humans. Single-celled microbes have awareness, but they're not self-aware. They're aware of the group. Single-celled, microscopic, tiny little microbes, single-celled critters, can communicate with each other, and indeed, when there's enough of them in a group, they will generate these hormones that can be interpreted by the other single-celled microbes, so tiny, you see, a, you, you, you need a microscope to see them, and they can communicate their presence to each other, and their behavior begins to change collectively, but when they're isolated or relatively few in number, they don't communicate in that way. They don't see <laughs> they don't see any point in it. There's nobody here to talk to. So they don't generate those hormones. They don't even try to communicate until they sense that the other microbes are aware. That's not self-awareness. It's not awareness of self, but it's evidence of awareness or consciousness. So if that's true, then every cell in your body may be conscious of itself. Maybe we should be communicating with the cells in our body. Maybe that's how some people manage to accelerate the healing process and control pain by actually 
communicating with the awareness of the individual cells. This is just some of what we're going to talk about in the premium training. I hope you can join us. You have a couple of minutes now to jump over to theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E is part of it, so the W is dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training. Use your bank card. You can sign up in a about 60 seconds. You'll get a URL and a password on the thank you page. There will also be an email sent to you with that information in it, so you can join us right away. The programs continue to be available after class adjourns for streaming, or you can download the MP3 to your computer and put it on your smartphone, and all of this for a pocket full of change. So, We hope to see you in the premium training. Thanks very much for being here today. Sorry I didn't leave time to meditate. I'd like to do that, but time always flies when I get started in these classes. So I hope you're doing your daily meditation and give yourself time to reflect upon your thoughts and your feelings. And this week, the whole idea of what does it mean to be self-aware, to be aware of yourself to be interested in who you are, especially as an alternative to judging other people. You could really give that up once you understand yourself. Okay? Thanks a lot for being here. See you in the premium training in a couple of minutes. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.